Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Blew his house with the blue little window and a blue Corvette, and everything is blue, blue. for him and himself and, and everybody around, because he ain't got no one to listen. I'm blue. I'm blue. You want to keep going? No, no okay. I don't want to keep going because it seems like you know all the words somehow. We always have to look up lyrics on this show, but no, this is the one song that Josh is a master of, apparently. That's amazing. Come on, I usually know some of the lyrics. It's true, actually. You, you are very good with lyrics. I just didn't expect that to linger in the brain. Yeah, it was from, like I said, the college years. I don't know why. That's incredible. Well... With that swell note, you are watching slash listening to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. It's been two years since we did the top 10 cards of a certain color. And before that... Probably longer than that for some of the colors, right? Yeah, before that, it was another two years before we did. So four years since we started doing top 10 lists on the show. Uh, so today, we're going to take a bit of a different approach. We're going to go back to this. People have actually requested us to do top 10 slash list of cards. So instead of talking about the top 10 cards, we're just going to go ahead and go down the list and talk about the best cards in certain categories, as well as talk about a lot of the runner-ups. And, you know, I'm glad we're doing the runner-ups because a lot of the best cards are very expensive, but you can get a lot of the runner-ups for a great rate over at cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's our affiliate link. You use that link, you can be powerful. You can be, what were the lyrics? Blue... Some Dabu D. Yeah. And you Dabu can Dabu Dai. Yeah, 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 you can yeah. be all that. You can do that too by visiting cardking.com slash command zone. Really helps the show. And they have incredible service. They'll get your cards to extremely quickly. So you'll be playing with some of these amazing cards in no time at all. Yeah, and while you're there or anywhere else that you can buy magic cards, you should think about protecting them yes. with Ultra Pro products because they really do make the best stuff. And if you're going to go with blue cards, since that is the theme for this episode, you probably want blue eclipse sleeves. Ooh. You might want a sweet uh, full art island, unstable mm. art playmat, all available through Ultra Pro. Really, honestly, if you're doing any sort of theme for your deck, Ultra Pro's got you covered, right? Yeah, like they, they have the stuff for your deck that can really make everything matching. So you can have blue your house and a blue little window and a blue Corvette. <laughs> so and everything it, will be blue for you. It, uh, you know, and the reason you protect your cards is because if you damage them, you're going to be blue. You're going to be blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> the final way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. We call it one lucky patron every single week. Our patrons get a lot of great benefits, by the way. They also get to watch game nights a day early. And by the time this episode is out, so will... Yeah, they probably... Uh, they watched it before you did, but you've probably also seen it by this point, too. So My, congrats. <laughs> our schedule sometimes is in flux. It's so in flux. I think this is coming out after game nights, though. Okay, cool. So we call one lucky patron every single week, and this week's episode is dedicated, dedicated to... Leah, 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 Gus, Gus Yolen, Gus Yolen, Gus Yolen, Gus. Man, that is a. Is it Scandinavian? It's Nordic. Okay, sure. Leah, Leah. <laughs> we're Goose. sorry we butchered it, but thank you so <laughs> much for supporting us, and you definitely rock. Yeah, you definitely rock. <laughs> Leah, Leah is very blue about how we. Uh, I know. <laughs> pronounced. She, he is like this. Is name, not yeah. the. This is not the episode for me. <laughs> All right, the best blue cards in Commander. Uh, Again, we've done the top 10 list before, but there's been a lot of time this past, so things are probably have changed. And also, we're going to do a try, we're going to experiment a little with a different format today. Yeah, so let us know what you think. Also, we're going to be running a community poll asking the exact same questions about what you think your top cards for these categories are. And we're going to compile that data. We're going to share it online, and we get to see what the community, you at large, think. So there's going to be show notes, links in the show notes below, as well as on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, wherever else we post, you will find the poll. And it'd be great to get thousands of people to tell us what they think the best blue cards are and we'll have detailed graphs and all that stuff we should so say really quickly uh we are on instagram now yes We've been on facebook and twitter for a while if you have those social media media platforms and you're not following us or connected with us there you definitely should be and also uh we've recently sort of upped the amount of stuff we're doing on all of those platforms so there's a lot of fun little discussion going on so if you want to be part of it yeah yeah find us okay find us find all right us. Um, so before we sort of talk about the cards themselves, we want to talk about the metrics that we use to determine the power level of the cards or why we're choosing this as the best card over other things. So one of the metrics we talk, we always consider is mana cost. Yep. The cheaper it is, usually the better because it means you can cast it earlier. You can also do more things when you cast it by casting other cards. Yeah. You usually one mana efficient. removal spell, yeah. you know, that like Swords of Plowshares is just a lot better than murder. Yeah, it exiles and also it's one mana. Um, quadrant theory is something a long, long time ago now, five years ago plus. Jeez. We had Marshall Sutcliffe on uh, an episode, and quadrant theory is something that comes from the podcast Limited Resources, and they talk about draft and limited, obviously, on that show. But it is applicable to Commander, and basically, there's this theory that there's four qu quadrants of the game. So there's the developing or opening stages of the game. Mm -hmm. There is the um, there is the times you're at parity, right? So, so you're like staring down the opponent; they're staring you down. Nothing's nobody's changing. clearly ahead. Yeah. Then there's times when you're winning, and then there's times when you're losing. Now, yeah. in limited and things, those are more, maybe more even. In our format, you tend to be losing more often. You know, 25% of the time or so, you'll be behind. Right. Or maybe not quite that, because sometimes you're at parity. And the opening stages of the game is a guaranteed quadrant you're going to hit. You mm -hmm. may never be winning the game. And some games, you may never be losing the game. But that's kind of, you think, oh, well, how does this card perform in those different quadrants? Uh, because those are stages that, at some point, I may or may not be at. Yep, and that's going to help us determine what we think are the best cards. And finally, general relevance to the format. So... If a card says, look through your sideboard, it's not going to really come close to making it on a list like this because sideboards aren't really supported uh, in Commander. So 
in general, does the card enable some sort of strategy that's really prevalent? Is the card just by itself a really powerful commander so you can play it as your commander? These are all factors that are going to determine how powerful that card is overall. Is a card super unique? Yeah. Is there like no other card that does what it does? Then that you're probably going to value that highly because, you know, honestly, Force of Will is a great card, but there's a whole bunch of cards that counter spells. Yeah. There might not be a whole bunch of cards that do what, you know, this specific card does. So, yep. And each color is different as well. Uh, if we were talking mm -hmm. about red, Good we point. cannot say best counter spell because there's, I think, one and a half, kind, uh, one maybe. Right. But we're in blue, so that is a topic we'll be talking about. So each of the colors, when we do them, will probably have different categories. Okay, so let's talk about first our two ever-present categories that we talk about in every episode of the show. Every deck needs ramp and card draw. Yeah. So we're going to start with the best ramp spell in blue. Should, and I don't know how we do this. Do we preamble? Let's just say it. High tide. It. High tide. <laughs> yes. So blue doesn't really have access to a lot of ramp. It's not a color known for ramping, and there are a couple of cards that do it in an interesting way, and High Tide is one of them. Normally, you see this as like the card in Storm decks that lets them go off. High Tide is blue for an instant, and it says, until end of turn, whenever a player taps an island for mana, that player adds an additional blue. So not just you, but anyone else. Yeah. Um, you can cast on other player's turns, but more importantly, you're casting it on your turn when you are now able to tap all of your blue mana for double. So again, this is something that Mono Blue just doesn't have access to, and High Tide gives you a way to do it in a one shot. And Blue it's... is good at getting these kinds of cards back to and replaying them. Yeah, it's a ritual, basically, right? Like, it's worded in a fancy way, mm -hmm. but it's not that different than a mana geyser or a dark ritual. It's just the amount of mana it can give you is a lot more than dark ritual and probably right. probably close to, to what mana geyser can give you sometimes. But mana geyser costs five mana. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a ritual-type spell. And I think because blue is can be so explosive, this just can give you those turns where you just close the game out. Yeah, and I think it actually works really well in opening and developing, too. If your deck is like, oh, I'll get this back at some point, or you're playing a yeah, deck that's a really good point. can replay it, like, boom, you have four mana on turn two all of a sudden, and you're ramping out faster than anyone else, because blue doesn't get extra lands from their deck. It, it can be, you know, something where you get that Gilded Lotus out super early, mm -hmm. uh, which is very, very powerful, or something like that. So, And hopefully even and a I card like, draw to make up for it, too. Yeah, and I like your point about being able to get it back. Blue's really good at getting instants and sorceries back out of the graveyard, so that is something that maybe if we were in white, we wouldn't want a ramp spell that's a one-time usage, but... Right. <laughs> well, you're also... You're, you're very... You also don't want to be in white. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just said blue can't get lands out of their library, but we do have some runner-ups, and the first one can get lands out of your library because it was originally printed in uh, in uh, the, the Reverses one. The yeah, one where uh, the Time Spiral Block. Time Spiral Block, block. Yeah. yeah. It's Dreamscape Artist. It's one in the blue for a 1-1, one, one, and you can pay two in the blue to tap, discard the card, sacrifice the land, search your library for two land, basic land cards, put them on the battlefield, and shuffle your library. So you are getting two lands for the price of one and a card in your hand. And it's... And three mana. Well... You discard a card, but the card is like it's like you cast rampant growth, right? Yes. So correct. this is so what this is a really good card. It's a little slow because it can't be used the turn it comes out. But you're up one land on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. So it's like you overpaid. You turned a card in your hand into a slightly overcosted rampant growth. Right. Which, and you're tossing a land to the bin as well. Which every color besides green would be cool with, basically. Because <laughs> a lot of us play Burnished Heart. True. Which costs six mana for two lands. This is going to be the same thing. Uh, yeah. Again, it's two cards, obviously. But you play yeah. rampant growth, right? Like, you don't care about the card you're 
losing because you're actually getting it onto the battlefield. Yeah. Uh, this is, again, a very bizarre card for blue, but it's one of the few ways that it actually is able to ramp, so it does deserves the runner-up spot. Obviously, we're not going to talk about um, Man Rocks here, which are a way that yeah, blue really ra- ramps, but yeah, exactly. That's not unique to blue. This next one's an interesting one. I'm not sure I've ever seen it cast since <laughs> the old, old days. I've also never seen it. Just act- the actual card. I don't <laughs> Right. It's Drain Power. It's blue-blue for a sorcery. Target player activates a mana ability of each land they control. Then that player loses all unspent mana, and you add the mana lost this way. Right. So... Now there are cards that are like you get to tap your opponent's lands for mana. There's like a, 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 a like a oceany pirate one. Yeah. But the text that's important on this is that it says then that player loses all unspent mana. Yeah. They don't so, have a moment in there to use it. Yeah. So even if they tapped all their mana in response to you, and maybe they could use it then, whatever was unspent is going to get tapped by drain power, and you're going to get the leftover mana. Oh, that's a good point. They could tap tap uh, in, in response. response but a lot of times, is... like they can tap in response, and then you can't use their lands anymore. Right. So this way, you actually get the unspent mana because that's a part of the text on the card so it's a interesting it's a bad card it's not great because <laughs> there's going to be plenty of games where just when you would want to use it you just can't people used all their mana or right. have ways to use out. their mana yeah. yeah if they have like a mana sink let's say they have a staff of domination out well you're just you know you're not going to get any mana because they can burn it all yeah you're or like a thrasios or yeah. just any kind of activated ability or instant speed stuff it's like fine i'll do it now um so this is not great ramp uh this next card it's i consider good. ramp yeah. yeah it's thought del acquisitor it's a legendary creature, so it can also be your commander. It's a two-two with Island Walk, and whenever Thada deals combat damage to a player, you search that library player's library for an artifact card, exile it, and then you can cast that card. So this basically says, "Hey, you want to play a Soul Ring on someone else's deck? That's kind of ramp, isn't it?" A little bit, yeah. It's saving you on mana. Yeah, so Thada has kind of that ability there. This next one is a really interesting card, and uh, I played in a few decks. It's Reset, blue blue for an instant. It says, cast this spell only during an opponent's turn after their upkeep step. And then it says, untap all lands you control. Very powerful Mm -hmm. spell because it can give you 12 mana sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it is restricted into... You can't use it on your turn to get that stuff going during your turn. Yeah, but and to get double your mana. Of course, whatever. I played a lot because I have a lot of decks with like Vidalcan Ori and things like that, and I very often am casting things during other players' turns. So it's all the same to me mm-hmm. when my mana is untapped. And this, yeah, this two mana give you 10 sometimes is really, really, really powerful. Probably, I would say the most powerful of the runner-ups. Yeah. But, uh, it's, but it's narrow and it's usually just definitely can't go in every deck. That's sort of like the the beauty of the color pie is that it is narrow in its usage when it's doing something that's not great. It's not like meant for that color. But if you use correctly and are, we have the format to abuse and use all these cards in the coolest and best ways. I would say of the runner-ups, for me, the takeaway, anybody out there, if they hadn't heard of this card already, is Dreamscape Artist is actually a very underrated card and can be very good in certain decks. Again, it's a little bit slow. So I think if you're in a high-powered meta, yeah. you, you, you know... Decks that are like eight plus, probably you don't have time. But if you're in, the, if your playgroup is a little more casual in the five, six, seven range, Dreamscape, Dreamscape Artist is going to get you a ton of lands into play, and that yeah. will that will win you games. Just having more lands than other players out. Yep, good job, Dreamscape Artist. You are doing things that Blue isn't supposed to. It's really good in my Tim deck. Oh yeah, makes... just activate it like four times, get four lands, <laughs> and untap then, it a yeah, bunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, All right. right. 
Next up, we are moving to best card draw, another one of the pillars of every deck in EDH. And I think this is an easy one and an obvious one, and many of you are probably shouting it at your phone or computer screen or wherever it is, your car radio. You know what I would say? Yeah. (laughs) I think I've played it in like half the Game Nights episodes. Yeah, it's Ristic Study. Uh, It's incredibly efficient for what it does. It sticks around and is going to draw you many cards, and you're also going to forget its trigger a lot too, I'm sure. It's two and a blue for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts a spell... You may draw a card unless that player pays two, sorry, one mana. So yeah. this is the classic card where you're like, you're going to pay one for that? You're going to pay one for that? And people, if they if they understand the power level of the card, will pay for it more often than not, I think. But for the most part, sometimes people just can't pay for it. And you're drawing cards. And what happens is one player doesn't pay for it, and that'll snowball into the other players not paying. Because like, they, ah, whatever. First of all, okay, this person already broke the seal and allowed them to draw a card. But second of all, they advanced their board, and now in order to keep up with them, I have to as well, and I can't yeah. afford to... Li- and then once the player with Rhystic Study has drawn three or four cards, it feels pointless. Like, they've already drawn four off it. What's a fifth? What's a sixth? What's a seventh? So even, it actually does make a difference, but yeah, you're right. Even in playgroups like ours snowballs. where people know how good it is and they want to pay for it, you still end up drawing a bunch of cards off it. Yeah, and also, like, if you're the only player at the table that pays for it and everyone else is like, sweet, well, that person just made themselves go slower, I'm not going to do that because yep. I think I can beat this player regardless. So it's definitely a tricky card, and it's very, very good at drawing cards. Unfortunately, expensive. They really need to reprint this card. It wasn't even a rare. Yeah, I think it was a common, actually. It's ridiculous how expensive this card is. Wizards, reprint, Ristic study. There's all these excuses made like, oh, new player experience because it's really annoying. And shut up. Just reprint the card. Nobody cares about that. They made Crick. What do you mean new player experience? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. There's all kinds of cards where you're like, whenever. They made Smothering Tithe. You made Golos. Reprint. Those are all cards that like, could, study. could be, end ridiculous. up in very big, unfun times. All right, let's talk about the runners-up in the card draw category. Yep. There's two cards that are very similar, uh, Blue Sun Zenith and Stroke of Genius. Blue Sun Zenith is blue, 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 and X. In- it's for an instant target player. Target player. Draws X cards. Shuffle Blue Sun Zenith into its owner's library. Stroke of Genius is X. Or sorry, blue, two, and X for an instant. Target player. Draws X cards. So, so same CMC. Same CMC. Blue Sun Zenith costs blue specifically, so three mm-hmm. mana, then X on both of them. And then Blue Sun Zenith shuffles shuffles itself back into your library. And Blue Sun Zenith is sort of a more comboy competitive card because some decks make infinite mana and then win by drawing, drawing that out. over and yeah. over and over again because they can basically have their one card in their library be Blue Sun Zenith. You know, use like a top or something, draw, just kill you, kill you, kill you. Yeah, but yeah. because you can target the player, so you're milling them out. Yeah. Um, Stroke of Genius is a card I use more often just because blue, blue, blue so is, to cast. Yeah, <laughs> it's really prohibitive. Yep. Uh, another card that's very similar to Ristic Study would be Mystic Remora. It's one blue for an enchantment. It has a cumulative upkeep of one. So your first time it comes back around, you pay one, then you pay two, then you pay three. Otherwise, you sacrifice it. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, you may draw a card unless that player pays four mana. So this card never gets paid for, but it is non-creature spells only. Which happens to be a lot of spells, especially if you get this on turn one, turn two, turn three. And at that point, I'd be happy to not develop my board if I'm drawing three, four cards of rotation. This card's incredible. Borderline better than Ristic Study. It's close. It's arguable, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely the more competitive your meta, I think the better Mystic Remora is in comparison to Ristic Study because one mana is so much less than three mana. And yeah. even paying for it once or twice can be worth it because... A lot of times you see people get like three cards off the first go round of the table and be like, yeah. oh, it's fine. I cast Ancestral Recall. I'll just let it go. And everyone's like playing a <laughs> Signet or a Soul Ring right. or some kind of cheap artifact or rock. Yeah. 
Mr. Gamora is and much cheaper than Rhystic Study. If you are like, oh, I wish Rhystic Study was cheaper, then you should be putting Mr. Gamora in your deck. I just don't get how it's an enchantment. What is this thing? Uh, Remora's a fish, right? Yeah, but why is it an, an enchantment fish? We're not in Theros. <laughs> it's true. It should be a creature. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, those, no- are, those are weird days back then. Well, let's talk about the creature instead. We have okay. Consecrated Sphinx. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a card that I think has been around forever, and it's six mana, which I think makes it a little worse, but six mana for a 4-6 flyer. Whenever an opponent draws a card, you may draw two cards. Now, that part is insane. You're getting six cards off this six mana, though, unless it dies. Yeah, and I, I would say... I've seen a lot of cards get instant removaled. Consecrated Sphinx might be number one on that list of it's cards really that high. people just automatically get rid of. And sometimes they can't, and you still draw two cards off it. So it does replace itself. I mean, and your opponents want to draw extra cards too. So a lot of times, the very first opponent is like, draw a card, crap. All right, I'm going to do this effect. You're going to get six more cards right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and if two players have Consecrated Sphinx out, uh, draw your deck. <laughs> it's expensive, though. It's not a cheap card. This yeah. next one has been reprinted a bunch and is not super expensive. So Factor Fiction, three and a blue for an instance. Reveal the top five cards of your library. An opponent separates those cards into two piles. Put one pile into your hand and the rest in, uh, or and the others into your graveyard. So Foff, as we call it. Mm-hmm. Five cards, you pick an opponent, they sort of pile them into two piles, and you say, I want that pile and the rest. Go into your graveyard, which is way better than going on the bottom of your library or something, because a lot of times, in a lot of decks, you're like, I don't care what you pick, because I'm going to have access to all of them no matter what. It's instant speed. If you're playing with Craig Blanchett, he just likes to give you all five cards. That that happened the last time to me, and I immediately won the game. Like three or four times, it's like, he's like, oh, this is the thing I do, but why? Well, I did win after it, so I'm not questioning it. I mean, you're playing magic to, like, be strategical. Make decisions, man. Think about stuff and try and give them, like, an even split here. Yeah. It's tough. I'm speaking directly to Craig because he, he, he <laughs> gonna edits be editing this. the podcast. Oh, uh, we're going to hear him hey, laughing I'm about this. I'm not playing magic just to be like, oh, whatever. <laughs> like, I play magic to be like, oh, I'm going to think about what I'm going to do and I'm going to try and make good decisions. Look, if you're going to just go for five cards, just ask the rest of the table to help you out because Factor Vision does ask the caster to choose someone to separate them into two piles. But That person every- can ask for advice. Yeah, yeah, everyone always gets a little bit of help. Uh, last card here, Josh Lee, quite favorite. It's Windfall, two in blue for a sorcery. Each player discards their hand and draws cards equal to the greatest number of cards a player discards this way so it's actually close to if not potentially better than like a wheel of fortune because someone could have like 20 cards in their hand wheel of fortune very expensive reserveless card yeah this is a reasonable approximation again sometimes better it can also sometimes be worse if you have the most cards though and i think that's sort of where it evens out still any deck with blue could run windfall and not feel bad about it. It's often yeah. going to draw you six or seven cards, especially mm-hmm. if you're the, a low CMC deck, low curve deck. You know you're going to play your spells and just be sitting there uh, with less right. cards in hand than everybody else. Yeah. Early on, yeah. All, All right. right. Next category. Oh, wait. I wanted to give a special mention to our spoiler card, Gadwick the Wizened. Oh, yeah. It's like Stroke of Genius. On a creature. Scenes, but on a creature. And then Into the Story is a new card that's printed that potentially could be four mana for four cards. Which and is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next category is Best Board Wipe. This Can is going guess? to surprise no one. No. Nope. It's Cyclonic Rift. Yeah. Um, obviously, this goes in every blue deck and is the most played non-Soul Ring card, I think, in the format, according to EDH Rec. Jeez. Yeah, it bounces all your opponent's stuff at instant speed, not yours. Okay, that's boring. Let's talk about the runners-up. Yeah. These, Cyclonic Rift is expensive. and It's, it's hard, expensive, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get a hold of. But all these are pretty cheap. Yeah, Fade Away. This is a cool one. A Kobe special. Uh, two in the blue for a sorcery. For each creature, its controller sacrifices a permanent unless they pay one. So if there are 50 creatures on the board, you're going to have to sacrifice 
them unless you're paying one I on mean, your creatures. If you're like a token deck, this just destroys your board. And, you know, most of the time when people have three or four creatures, they're not just sitting there with like a bunch of mana open, right? Yeah. They might be able to save one. A lot of times they can save none if people are tapping out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you make a... <laughs> Is that a Kobe Bryant reference? Yeah, he always does the fade, fade away. away. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> I it's, just got. I was like, what does this have to do with like with high the... quality beef? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that's where he went. Josh has been hitting the gym a lot. Josh is yeah, like, I'm, I'm thinking about protein right now. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need a tasty burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. Anyway, this is pretty interesting. Uh, obviously, in creatureless metas, don't play it. But otherwise, this is like a pretty close approximation of blue giving a board, getting a board wipe. I like that because blue doesn't destroy creatures. Also, mm-hmm. sacrificing is way worse than destroying. But yeah, totally. Usually, blue bounces stuff, which is not as good. Uh, well, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. But in general, I'd say I would rather just destroy all creatures than bounce them all back to people's hands. Yeah. Because if there's really bad stuff, they're going to recast it. They're going to recast it, yeah. But this can make them sacrifice it, which is actually better than destroy because Indestructible doesn't even get around this. Sometimes they're blowing up permanents, too. Like, I could see someone losing a land to this. Yeah. Or a, a rock or something. The next one is Evacuation. It's three blue blue for an instant. Return all creatures to their owner's hands. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, the difference between this, obviously, and Cyclonic Rift is it's, it includes your own creatures. Yeah, if you want to replay those creatures, great. Uh, otherwise, five mana, it is an instant, which is pretty crazy. So you do get a lot of value out of it. That um, makes it really powerful. I think it's probably better than just like a Wrath of God. Yeah, uh, and every single creature in everyone's hands. If you do have a lot of ETBs and you are in business, or reset your Glendalyne. It's very good. It's underplayed. I think people don't prize it as highly as they, they maybe should like it's close to a second cyclonic yeah uh, another great board ish wipe is ixadron it comes in the battlefield as a uh xx creature and you basically turn everything into a face down creature <laughs> yeah as ixadron enters the battlefield turn all other non-token creatures face down their two two creatures the trick here is that they're not morphs so you can't flip them back up yeah. unless they're a morph or, or, or a megamorph yeah. Then they're just face down until you can get them killed, and then they go to the graveyard, and then you have to get them back out yeah. or the command zone. Yeah, it's a really good board wipe. Without a without a, a sack outlet, your commander could just be stuck. This turns off a lot of decks. Another card that I think is is pretty underplayed. Yeah. Uh, and finally, the other uh, runner up for best board wipe will be Sunder three blue blue for an instant, similar to a lot of other ones. Return all lands to their owner's hands. This is you can already tell why this isn't played. As an instant. It's very, very powerful. Uh, Maybe better again than like Armageddon and stuff. But yes, social contract, it rips it in half. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's move on to best single target removal. Again, blue's not great at single target removal, but there are some good cards that do things that are pretty similar. And uh, we consider Capsize to be the best version of single target removal that blue has. It's one blue blue for an instant with buyback three. So you can pay an additional three as you cast a spell. If you do put this card in your hand as it resolves, it's an instant that just says return target permanent to its owner's hand. With infinite mana, you bounce the entire board. Yeah, lands and everything. Uh, otherwise, it's six mana, return a tr- permanent. Pretty good. It's not full-on removal, but it's similar to what blue does best, which is a lot of bouncing, a lot of getting things off the board, but not necessarily into the bin. Yeah, this is an awesome card. Goes in every blue deck. Just the fact that you can remove something and then still have your removal spell for later Ugh. takes away the disadvantage of removal spells, which is you one for one your opponent, but your other two opponents actually gain card advantage on the two of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, this next one is another very underplayed card. Should probably go in most blue decks, at least the ones that don't have white. Yeah, totally. It's Reality Shift. It's one in a blue for an instant. Exile target creature. Exile target creature in blue. Its controller manifests the top card of their library. That means they put the top card of their library onto the battlefield, face down as a 2-2 creature. 
If it's a creature card, it can be turned face up for its mana cost. So you're hoping it's a land or a... Or a Instant or sorcery. sorcery and anything but a creature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Even if it is a creature, they were going to draw it next turn, probably could have cast it. Like, true. It's not the worst thing, um, but you know what percentage of their deck is creatures even creature heavy decks are only like 33 34 creatures yeah a lot of times so 60 percent chance of just it being a 2-2 forever yeah that's pretty good reality shift good job yeah blue has the ability to exile creatures uh and then the next two are very similar it's pongify and rapid hybridization they're basically very cheap spells one blue each to destroy a creature and you create a 3-3 green ape creature or a 3-3 green frog lizard creature token so this is similar to reality shift it turns something into something else in this case a 3-3 but yeah they're very cheap rapid hybridization and pongify are one mana yeah, it's Blue's path to exile. Why does Blue get a better, like, Beast Within? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. And, and Rapid Hybridization the, can't be regenerated either. Right, Beast Within I know can hit other permanent types. These next two aren't necessarily single-target removal, more like single-target takeaway. Uh, it's Gilded Drake, which is very expensive, and Treachery. They both basically switch control or give you control, control magic. Yeah. Uh, in, gener- in general, I would say control magic can count as single target removal. Yeah. Um, Gilded Drake costs a ton now because it's one in the blue for a 3 3 flying. When it enters the battlefield, you exchange control of it and up to one target creature and opponent controls. And if you don't or can't make an exchange, you sacrifice the Gilded Drake. Uh, this ability still resolves if target becomes illegal. Very odd text, but yeah, it's, it's great. Two mana just switch things. They get a 3-3 flyer, and you get their best thing. Uh, Is it on the reserve list or something? Because it's extremely expensive. I don't know. It's just, it hasn't seen, it's only been printed once. Wizards, another great card to reprint I think it might be reserve list. They might not be able to. Oh, darn. Wizards, don't break the reserve list. (laughs) Things that, that's like hell freezing over, I think. Uh, Treachery, we saw this on game nights, is three blue blue for an enchantment aura, enchant creature. You control target creature. You control enchanted creature. But also says when Treachery enters the battlefield, untap up to five lands. So, So, it's a free, it's a zero cost control magic. Like, whose idea was that? Also, (laughs) it's sometimes it's worse than zero. Sometimes you are untapping Gaia's Cradle or a Bounce Land or a Temple of False God and you're actually gaining mana on the exchange. Or you've got Yark out and you're done tapping 10 lands. I didn't even realize that was possible. No, you saw it happen on game nights. I know. I didn't, I blocked it out of my memory. (laughs) Yeah, that's true, actually. That is an absurd, (laughs) that's what a combo right there. All right, let's move on to the best or most I win card. Uh, this is a category that can go for every color. But in blue, I think it's pretty obvious. There are some very big hammer dropping cards at the end of this. I mean, I don't know if it's obvious. I think any of these cards could, could, be, oh, okay. could be the thing. I sure. mean, I agree, obviously, with what we chose. But I wouldn't. it wouldn't be nuts if somebody said one of the other ones. Well, one of them costs nine and the other costs ten. True. <laughs> uh, the one that costs nine is the one we chose. It's expropriate. Seven blue blue sorcery. Everybody votes. You either vote time or money money you either vote extra turns or you vote get a permanent eye control so when you yeah. cast it you always vote extra turns so you're always getting one extra turn and then you're either briberying the table getting one thing from each of them or not from the deck but from their table yeah yeah oh, not bribery uh, uh blatant thievery blatant thievery there you go yes or they're giving you extra turns if they're really doing it wrong yeah no matter what happens you will probably win the game as a result of the spell uh, yeah i've cast expropriate a bunch of times and only once ever cast it and not won that game. Because you like ramped it out on turn six. I purposely cast it out on yeah. turn six just because I was like, well, I can cast it now and it won't win, so I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, the power level of this card is obvious. You always get an extra turn and you're going to get one or two permanents of your choice 
or just more extra turns. You could get up to four extra turns for nine mana. If you have nine mana available to you and you get more than one extra turn, it's hard not to win. Yeah. Or put yourself so far ahead that you are just in the winning position. Speaking of, the runner-ups, both of the expropriate and this one are pretty expensive too. Yeah. Time stretch. Eight blue blue for a sorcery. Target player takes two extra turns after this one. You could just give someone else the turns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you're not. Yeah. You're giving it to yourself. 10 mana, take two extra turns. Again, you have 10 mana available to you, so you'll probably win because you get two extra turns with yeah. 10 plus mana. And the ra- the going rate of an extra turn is about five mana in blue. Uh, and then the last one has been reprinted recently, so it's probably at a, a little bit of a low as far as price. Um, yep. It's Omniscience, seven blue, 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 10 mana. Enchantment, you may cast spells from your hand without paying their mana cost. You just can cast your stuff. It's like a one-sided dream halls or something. Yeah, and if you have a bunch of card draw in blue, boom, you are just dumping your whole hand on the table. If you don't win from that, I don't really know what you're doing with the deck. I feel like we didn't throw in a really good budget I win card, so can I just toss one out there? Heck yeah. Mind's Dilation. Mind's Dilation. That is a very good card. Um, Maybe, yeah. Yeah, no, it's It will often win you the game if it's out for like two rotations of the table. You're just going to get so much value off it. It's an enchantment five blue, blue, I believe. Every time an opponent casts a spell, you reveal the top card of your library. Their first spell each turn only. Their spells, yeah, yeah. And you get to cast that spell for so, free, right? Yeah, on everybody's turn, you cast a random spell off the top of their deck. Uh, sometimes you get lands, but it's it's good. Yeah, most time you're just getting things that are going to win you the game. Okay, we've got a few more categories. we got best creature, planeswalker, land, some other stuff. But before we get into all that, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. All right, we are back. Let's move on to a category I'm not terribly excited about, to be honest. It's Best Planeswalker. The answers for the best card are obvious. I think the best part of this episode is the discussion of the runner-ups. No, I, okay, interesting, because I actually think that the one you've, we've got down for best Planeswalker, I actually think one of the runner-ups might be the best. <gasps> so here we go. Discussion, discussion is about to ensue. Okay. So Jimmy thinks the best Planeswalker, and I, listen, 
this card's very good and you're not crazy or anything. <laughs> I believe the best Planeswalker in blue to be Teferi Temporal Archmage. It is the commander of a CEDH deck. That's probably what really drew me towards this. It's a five loyalty Planeswalker for six mana. The plus one, you can look at the top two cards of your library, put one of them into your hand and other on the bottom of your library. And the minus one is untapped up to four target permanents. I won't read the crazy. ultimate. It really doesn't matter. Um, but Ultimate yeah. lets you activate planeswalkers as instants. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun, but, but you never, know, you, it never happens. Yeah, Teferi's here to untap four permanents when he comes into the battlefield. And Goes infinite with a ton of stuff, notably Chain Veil, yep. um, and just very good value in general. It is a six drop, however. I do, listen, this card's insane and I, <laughs> I don't fault you but i think this next one might actually be the best blue planeswalker uh-huh. in Commander. it's narset new one from uh, war of the spark uh-huh. narset parter of veils one blue blue for a five loyalty planeswalker it says it has a static ability each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn boom yeah hammer thrown that that is throw hammer hammer dropped i don't know how many mic like, dropped pretty it's become very commonplace to see it now and yeah. every time it comes out it's like oh crap well, that <laughs> totally messes up my plans. Remember a certain commander that was banned that had similar text? Yes, Leovold. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a banned card, basically. Yeah. And uh, has a negative two also, which is relevant. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may uh, reveal a non-creature, non-land card from among them and put it into your hand, and then you put the rest on the bottom of your library. So it draws cards, so it doesn't just do nothing sitting there. Obviously, can be attacked, doesn't protect itself, but five loyalty is a lot. So yeah, a lot that's of, true. Three mana, five loyalty is big game. A lot of times it comes out, and it's just not going to be gotten rid of very fast, mm-hmm. which means that you know a lot of your plays just become way worse. Yeah, I can see why you might think that. Uh, also, uh, wheel effects. Yeah, that I mean, a one-sided wheel where everyone draws one card and you draw seven is just nuts. dirty. That's why uh, Leovold was definitely yeah. thrown in there. Um, next up, we have Jace Wielder of Mysteries. Oh, All I have to say about this card is that Lab Maniac is one of the most common win conditions for a lot of like decks I want to draw through, and Jace is literally just has the text. If you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. Also, better than Lab Maniac yeah, because it can, it mill can yourself. draw the card and mill yourself. Yeah. So Lab Maniac just sits there and says you got to do other stuff to get your library down to zero. Jay says, I'll actually help you do that other stuff too. Yep. He yeah. plus ones to put a target player to put the top two cards of their library into their graveyard and draw a card. Mm-hmm. That's a plus one draw card and mill yourself towards the strategy that's going to win you the game. So pretty good, uh, obviously in a very specific category. Uh, the next one is Tamiyo, the moon stage. Three blue, blue, legendary planeswalker. Tap, tar- or, sorry, plus one, tap, tap target permanent. Tap target permanent permanent we can speak. Five times it doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step so it puts it to sleep uh negative two draw a card for each tap creature target mm-hmm. player controls so synergizes with the the plus ability and then the ultimate is you get an emblem with you have no maximum hand size and whenever a card is put into your graveyard from anywhere you may return it to your hand hmm. which that pairs well with jace actually yeah <laughs> tammy's just kind of good value all around yeah, pretty solid card. Um, the last card that we would mention would be Tezzeret the Seeker. I think um, that's in the running for best, too. Yeah, he's just a Planeswalker that can come down, and most importantly, he minus Xs to find a XCMC artifact from your deck and put it into the battlefield. So again, combo enabler gets you the thing you need to potentially just win that turn yeah, off the bat. Yeah, tutors for artifacts, which we've talked about many times on the show. Yeah. A lot of decks going infinite with mana just requires finding a specific artifact. So, Okay. Uh, all right. Um, let's, yeah, let's move on to best creature here. Yep. This is a tough one. I don't this know. Is the tough again, one I don't know if I agree with our choice, but it is one of the best creatures. Yeah, maybe that's the beauty of this discussion is that there are a few runner-ups for each choice. Because again, Commander is a very flexible game, and each card is going to be better in certain scenarios. But some cards are just good. 
So the one you've got, you can go ahead and read it. It's Snapcaster Mage. Snappy. One in the blue for a 2-1 with Flash. When it enters the battlefield, target instant or sorcery in your graveyard gains flashback until end of turn. The flashback cost is equal to its mana cost, so you basically get to have an instant speed access to one card in your graveyard. And the instant speed part is huge. The fact that you can replay a spell from your graveyard is huge. Um, there's just a lot it's going on. It's an ETB, on. you can flicker it. Yeah, so Snapcaster Mage, I think, just has that generic value. It's good in a lot of different parts of the game. And, and the CMC is real low. Yep. So that's why I think it's the best. Yeah. It's hard to argue when you talk about it. However, the list of other really good blue creatures. Yeah, we won't say all of them just because this is the longest runner-up list we have. Yeah. Also, we won't two of these we're going to talk about when we talk about best commanders. So yeah. I think we can just save that discussion for that, right? Okay. Okay. So, but the next one is another huge combo enabler. Palancron. It's everyone's favorite illusion. It's a five blue, blue, four, five flower. When it enters the battlefield, untap up to seven lands and... Two blue blue, return Palacron to its owner's hand. You get to bounce this sucker to your hand and replay him again. You get to go infinite on mana so easily with yeah, this thing. Yeah, you just need a few lands to tap for blue. more than one mana, and yeah. it goes infinite pretty fast. Also, it's an ETB, so flickering it goes uh, infinite yeah. on mana really fast. Or yeah. if you have like an Animar, they can cast it for cheaper than seven. Yep, uh, it's a good card. The next one is one of the Praetors. It's Jingataxius Core Augur. Eight blue blue, ten mana. For a 5-4 with Flash. But it says, at the beginning of your end step, draw seven cards. Hmm. You would think that that would be powerful enough, but it's not. Because nope. it also says each opponent's maximum hand size is reduced by seven. So their maximum hand size is no cards? Yeah, discard your hand at the end of your turn is what it Unless is. Unless you have if... a Reliquary Tower or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, very powerful, but 10 mana. This is a, a runner-up. I mean, most this powerful. Is, I, I, you, I, if somebody I came right. to me and said, like, I don't think Snapcaster is the most powerful card this is, creature this is, I wouldn't think they're nuts. Yeah. It's Glenelendra, Archmage. Oh, sorry. You know what? We say it like Glenelendra is the name. It's right. not. It's the Archmage from Glenelendra. It's, it'd be like saying um, Los Angeles Archmage. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's like a... Yeah, whatever. There's a lot of these, evidently, and which is true because I see them all the time in the yeah. games. Yeah, I'm always just like, no, her name is Glenn Alendra. Yeah, but she's not a legendary creature, so. No. Okay. It's three and a blue for a two-two with flying. You can pay a blue to sacrifice it, counter-target non-creature spell, and it has persist, so it's coming back to the battlefield with a minus one minus one counter on it. If it didn't have one when it died. And there's so much synergies with persist and being able to just do that forever that this is often like counter everything. Yeah, and it's or otherwise it's two counters in a row. Yeah, it's so which hard is to still get brutal. That. Yeah. The next one is another possibility used to be one of the boogeyman of the format you you hear less complaints about it but when we started this podcast four or five years ago talked about all the time people were asking for this to get banned like constantly yeah it's true it's dead eye navigator four blue blue for a five five spirit has soul bond so you may pair this creature with another unpaired creature when either enters the battlefield they remain paired for as long as you control both of them and then as long as dead eye navigator is paired with another creature each of those creatures has this is Deadeye and the creatures paired with. Has Pay one in a blue, exile this creature, then return it to the battlefield under your control. It's an immediate flicker. Um, it stables it onto two creatures and it protects itself. Protects itself, protects the creature it's paired with. Can often like do shenanigans where it pairs with other stuff when you yeah. feel like it. Yeah, this card is one of the reasons like Prime Time's banned and things like that. Yeah. Sundering Titan maybe is, although I think that's probably bannable <laughs> by itself. But um, all right, here's another possibility for best creature in yeah. blue laboratory maniac we talked one of about the most earlier. common win conditions in the format for sure uh and then we talked about it already so we won't go into it and the next one i think actually might be the best creature i, I if really? i were making the argument i would 
I would pick this as the best blue creature. It's Trinket Mage. Trinket Mage, two in the blue, and it comes in the battlefield. You get to find a one CMC artifact. One or less. Yeah, one or less. And put it into your hand. So like Mana Crypt. So every, Soul Ring. Every single Mana deck, Vault. it goes find Soul Ring at the least. Mana yeah. Vault, Mana Crypt. The most powerful cards in your deck are going to be Soul Ring. And then if you have Crypt and Vault, also top. Yeah. Like those are, it goes and finds your most powerful thing. Maybe Trinket Mage is the best ramp spell too then. It's really good. <laughs> it always yeah, it gets a soul ring. It might be, yeah. All right, next up, we're going to talk about best land. Um, and this is, again, like, it could be dependent on your deck. could be dependent on what you're doing. For me, my personal favorite is Manamo, School at Water's Edge. A legendary oh, land. changed it on me. Yeah, I did. Because I love this card. <laughs> okay. But I think the other one might be better. I just have had so much fun with this card, Josh. Okay, it is great. And it is right up my alley. You tap it to add blue, and you t- pay a blue and tap it to untap target legendary permanence. It could be, it's you could actually pay it to untap itself. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, maybe there'll be a card where, like, every time you tap a land... Yeah, it wants you to it, just keep Except tapping. when you tap a land for mana, it deals 40 average to each opponent or something. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, the next one is, or one of the runner-ups, I think this is the best blue. Okay, fine. But it's very... It's a little niche. It's uh, Academy Ruins. This is a legendary land. You can tap it for colorless, or you can pay one in blue, tap it, put target artifact card uh, from your graveyard on top of your library. This, this is, is how people get into crazy, like, Mind Slaver loops, all sorts of shenanigans. Yeah. If you want to loop a artifact, then Academy Ruins is the way to do it. Yeah. It's pretty good, and it's very cheap. One in the blue to do that. Yeah. Um, and some other runner-ups would be Teleria West. Oh, I forgot about Transmute. Yeah, so Transmute is a very interesting ability. Uh, the land itself enters the battlefield tap, can tap for blue, but has Transmute for one blue and a blue, and you pay that to discard this card, search your library for a card with converted mana cost zero, because the land has converted mana cost zero, reveal it and put it into your hand. So it's like Trinket Mage almost. You yeah, can find a Crypt. Have, it has Crypt, and also guys, Cradles and... yeah really good lands because it'll find lands there you have cmc zero yeah Ooh, i didn't even think about kessler loves this card this might actually be the best blue land dang it i keep saying it's that like about every, every land, land. right well, yeah this might be well this, well, this next be. one might be if you have a wizard's deck it's yeah. riptide laboratory laboratory if it's british you say laboratory, laboratory right laboratory yeah like uh, laboratory. Alu- aluminium uh, well they actually have different letters in their word than we do really yeah well, if you look sense. in a british dictionary al- aluminum is spelled aluminium hmm. so they're you yeah. sound way smarter when you say it like that, too. <laughs> it's like Jaguar. <laughs> Jaguar. 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 Okay, sorry. Riptide Laboratory. <laughs> Laboratory. Land. Taps for colorless. You can pay one in a blue, tap it, and return target wizard you control to its owner's hand. So hey. if it's a wizard's deck, this is the best land. Yeah, for sure. Man, uh, I don't know. I think I might go with Teleria West. Yeah. Oh, wait, we got one more. Sorry. Yeah, this one's definitely not. Oh, this one it, might it's be a the best. loose. No, it's not. It's, it's a so loose, good. Yeah, but it's a loose runner up because you only get to do it all once. All right, yeah, fine. but it, it costs you nothing. True. And it's just a landslot. Okay, fine. It's pretty good. And this one does go in, I'd say, every, every blue deck. Yeah, it's yeah. Halamar Depths. It enters the battlefield tapped. When it ETBs, you look at the top three cards of your library, then put them back in any order. So it's scribe, but only to the top of your library, and you can tap it to add blue. It's really good to just smooth out your early draws. Imagine yeah, how many times have we talked about like your third card down is a Felwar Stone. How different is that game? You play Halomar Depths, mm-hmm. put Felwar Stone on top, cast that on turn two, than if you drew that on turn four or five. Yeah, or you find a fetch land so you yeah. can shuffle the cards away that you don't want. Yeah. Yeah, definitely very good. Um, okay. Okay. The next category is best counter spell. I don't think we're probably going to have this category for most of the other colors. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Lapse of Certainty. Yeah, I was going to say Lapse of Certainty. Yeah. That. So there you go. Uh, 
This one's actually kind of tough. There's a few. There's a few in contention. They're all expensive, though. Yeah, and that's the. I mean, that is the issue with the best of lists. And when we did top ten lists, it was like we don't want to say guys cradle for green because obviously it's one of the most powerful cards. There are some runners so up expensive, here, though, that so it's just are, hard to get. Yeah, there are at least two, three that I think are almost as good as the the best one. But this is the best one. Yeah, it's mana drain. It's blue, blue. It's been reprinted somewhere recently, but it doesn't stop it from being expensive. Unfortunately, it's an instant. You counter spell, and then at the beginning of your next main phase, you add an amount of colorless mana equal to that spell's converted mana cost. So you counter a six mana spell. You just ramp yourself by six in your next turn, and you counter the spell. It's crazy. What a two for one. It's insane. If you do that on turn like three or four, you you can win sometimes because you're yeah. like, oh, I have 14 mana now. Yep. Uh, there are two zero, quote-unquote, free counterspells, Force of Will and Pact of Negation, both very expensive. Both have slight downsides. Yeah. Uh, There's also the, was it Foil? Foil. Yeah, Foil. Foil sim- is the cheap um, alternative to Force of Will and I think very playable. You have to be blue heavy, probably not playable in three-color decks. Yeah. Uh, There's just Counterspell. I think it's really good. I mean, it's just, it's so cheap. Blue, blue. I actually think the next one might be the best one if you consider price. It's definitely your favorite, I would say. It's cheap, but not not super cheap. But I think it does a good impersonation of Force of Will and Pact of Negation. For the cost, especially, yeah. Yeah, and it only costs like 4 or $5 compared to 50 bucks, right? Yeah. Swan Song, one blue for an instant, counter target, enchantment, instant, or sorcery, and its controller gets a 2-2 bird creature with flying. This yeah. gets me out of more jams than any other card, probably. Yeah, because leaving one mana open is a lot easier than two, and it's close to zero. Not the exact same, obviously, but it's very good. And someone gets a bird. That's yeah. exciting. Uh, the next one is one that I personally like a lot, and it's uh, a little more expensive, but boy, does it do a lot. Mystic Confluence, three blue blue for an instant. You choose three, you may choose the same mode more than once. You can either mana drain someone, so counter target spell unless it's controller pays three, or if you triple it up, unless they pay, pay or nine. You pay six, or you pay nine, yeah. Uh, you can return a target creature to its owner's hand and draw a card so those are the three modes you pick and choose have fun five mana you can kind of do everything i mean it's so powerful be like counter that bounce that draw a card yeah yeah uh okay the next one's a new card from commander 2019 thank goodness some new cards made it it's sudden substitution two blue blue for an instant split second so as long as this spell is on the stack players can't cast spells or activate abilities that aren't mana abilities basically like morph and very few other ways can interact with this it's going to happen you exchange control of target non-creature spell and target creature then the spell's controller may choose new targets for it you don't even have to exchange it with yourself right you can yeah. be like hey uh, jimmy your creature is going to exchange with uh, craig and craig uh, or and jimmy you're going to get craig's spell yeah, exactly. It's it's bizarre the things that can happen with this card, and I expect many people to be like, "Wait, w- hold on, what? what? You can do that?" <laughs> yeah, a lot of times you're just like, "I don't know, give you this thing that already ETB'd and had its effect, and I'll yeah. take your awesome expropriate." Yeah, and it's and you can't counter it. It's second. second. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's a really good card. I had it played against me a couple times in Vegas, really? and it, it was brutal every time. Yeah. Oh, geez, I think it might have been pushed then. All right, All right. the last category. It's the one that we've been waiting for. It's best commander because we play commander. That's what this show's about. This is really hard. Okay, I'm going to name for the audience. All of the options? All the options. And I'm going to add one really quick here because it's fun to do that. Okay, <laughs> I'll start. Uh, we've already talked about this first card, so we should just may as well mention it yeah, now. Yeah, well, let's just read them all and then we'll let the audience like think about it while mm. we let them deliberate and then we'll say what we think is the best okay. one. So it's Teferi Temporal Archmage, Talran Sky Summoner, Azami Lady of Scrolls, Urza Lord High Artificer, Memnark, and I just put Emery onto ah, the list because yes. I think Emery is up there. Brand new card from Throne of Eldraine. Yeah. The Lady in the Water. So we have chosen what we think is the best commander of the bunch. Let's see if you guys out there agree with us. 
Jimmy, drum roll, please. Well, it's clearly it's a fairy temporal archmage. Who else could it be? He's the captain of the most CEDH of all the decks. Let's say that Paradox Engine wasn't was still legal. Is Urza oh. a possibility? Because I think Urza was probably he had a lot more power with that card around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say maybe, but does that also benefit Teferi just as much too? Because you're untapping no, things. No, I think you my, really my Teferi deck. deck doesn't even have Paradox Engine because by the time you could get it, you're already winning. You have a Teferi deck. Yeah, you monster. Well, Kyle Hill plays in our playgroup, and I had to start making like for now. <laughs> I've always had one CEDH deck just for when I go to events. Yeah, people. that makes sense. Yeah, um, um, yeah. I, I by the way. I get asked to play it. I play it a couple times in Vegas, but I play it so rarely that I'm not very good with it. Oh, it, so I'm like, a lot of choices, oh, I swear huh? I should be able to win here, but I'm just probably going <laughs> to mess it up. <laughs> and everyone's like, whoo, thank goodness we didn't yeah. lose on turn four. I, I haven't played this deck in like six months, so. That's a, that's actually amazing. I mean, Tauran's a very strong deck. A zombie's a crazy strong deck. A zombie's actually a really cheap card, too, and yeah. it, and people love playing travel. There's been a lot more travel support recently, so a zombie could be very good. Um, Mem- of course, crazy. Yeah, Memnark oh, in like yeah. the make infinite mana steal everyone kind kind of thing that's like a craig blanchett special so i you know they're all very powerful i think the end message is that blue just has some very good cards for commanders i mean black is the most popular mono color you know by like number of decks on each yeah. trek but i i would say that as far as mono color the tip top of the most powerful decks i think blue probably takes the cake i don't think there's you know a slew of mono black or mono green decks that can stand up to what blue has to offer yeah, that's true. It's crazy. Like, all these decks are insane if you build them to full optimization. Yeah, and not fun to play against a lot of times. Um, before we move on to two of the listeners, there were a couple of, uh, subject, uh, I guess, categories we didn't get to, but we're just going to quickly name them here. Best Tutor. Josh and I just think it's Mystical Tutor. It's the cheapest. It gets a lot of stuff. War of Invention is close, and Trinket yeah, Mage. Yeah, War of Invention is very close. Um, all the mages, actually, can all yeah. tutor up. Uh, and then Best uh, Enchantment. There's a lot of options here, too. Propaganda, I think, is the one that people play, probably play the most. Um, if you're a Vidalcan Orrery fan, then Leyline of Anticipation is right down your alley. Ding! Mind's Dilation, which we talked about earlier, and one of my personal favorites, Dream Halls. And then the card that no one ever wants to see, Stasis. So It's so powerful. Stasis is insane. Yeah. But yes, no fun at all. We have a ton of categories here. We want to know, and to the listeners, what you think the most powerful cards are. You can type it out in the comments below, but I would much prefer it if you checked out the link for the poll that we're going to have and you can enter in your information and what you think those are and we're going to be able to see what the consensus is from hopefully thousands of people and I think that's actually really exciting. Cool, yeah, and make sure uh, you can find a lot of that discussion that's going to ensue after the poll is sort of tallied on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Yep, all those all those up. things should be on screen or yeah, you can just Google it because I don't have them all memorized. Me neither. How actually. do you find us on Facebook? You just type in command zone and yeah, do the search? We're, yeah, we're it. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, Another thing you should type in to your URL <laughs> area good, yeah, <laughs> is cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you want to pick up any of these blue cards that are awesome that we've been talking about, especially a lot of the budget alternatives, I think like if you're not playing with Mystic Remora, it should be in a lot of your decks. It's very, very good and way cheaper than Rhystic Study. So cardkingdom.com slash command zone. You order your magic product singles, anything at all. You really are helping out this show, game nights, all of our content. And you're also helping us out if you support our other sponsor, Ultra Pro. You can buy all those products on Card Kingdom or at your big box retailer or at an LGS. And the great part about buying an LGS is you're supporting the LGS as well as us at the exact same time. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I want to support my LGS when I buy cards. So I don't use your affiliate link. I'm like, that's totally fine, by the way. One way you can double dip Ultra Pro at your LGS, um, and you know what? Make your battlefield look awesome when you're making your new, very scary mono blue deck. 
<laughs> Get those blue eclipse sleeves for yeah, sure. For sure. All right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Do you have something? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not cool, though. Mm. It's something Josh and I have both now suffered through. Don't feed your dogs bones. Oh, yeah. This Don't is something I didn't antlers. really know. Don't give them hard objects because the most common tooth fracture is using the, these two back molars that grind against things and bones have a tendency to crack and chip teeth. Guess what? If your dog chips the tooth, it's going out or you're paying a ton of extra, you're already paying a lot of money to get that extracted. Otherwise, you're paying even more money to get it like a root canal for a dog, which is not not necessary it, yeah usually they just have to take out the tooth and yeah. then the dog's fine but you have to be careful you got to wash their mouth out a lot they can get infections because yeah it's an open nerve ending now in their and mouth. then they can't like they can't like chew on much for the rest of their life like you know it's it's a it's a thing yeah i didn't really know this i thought that like you give a dog a bone like yeah that's just bones. like a thing it's on cartoons and stuff and it's <laughs> like you know it's not that you can't ever let your dog have a bone but you shouldn't let them chew on it for very long at all because listen the dog doesn't how have do self-control. Dog, how do dogs make it as a species? Like, you know, like they just don't have any, they don't have any like, I don't know, what's natural selection that like tells them like, I shouldn't chew on this bone till my teeth break. Yeah. Yeah. My dog will just sit there and gnaw on something until it is a, just almost nothing yeah. is left. And at that point it's dangerous because if I step on that, I'm going to get punctured like in the Swallow skin. it or she whatever. she swallows it, it's, that's awful. Yeah. My dog would 100% swallow something because the natural selection just didn't work for dogs. Like they don't have anything that keeps them from doing stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we bred them a lot. A lot of like the really mixed breeds that's sometimes get actually, even more that's how less intelligent made it over time too. Because they glommed onto humans and they're like why do i need to know not to chew on a bone the human will tell me when to stop yeah there's never any point where yeah 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 true true yeah true. which is, makes us really bad dog parents because we didn't tell our dogs to stop and then they both broke their teeth they were so not at the same happy. time mine did it a couple years ago they were so happy when they when they're chewing they're like oh this is it and you're like goodness thank goodness my dog's not gonna bug me to play with them they just are gonna ignore me and eat this bone for a while turns <laughs> out that bone's not it's dangerous <laughs> the thing that de- the uh the vet told me which by the way he was giving me this the like shake head like how did you not know this you get you know you let her do what well i didn't know i thought it was a dog was supposed to be able to have a bone so anything that is like hard enough that if you can't squeeze it and it's like if it's if you squeeze it and it's soft it has a little give then they can have that but if it doesn't do that they can't have it you know bones are like one of the strongest parts of our body and one of the like it's like a diamond what can cut a diamond josh Another diamond. Yeah, we can cut a bone. <laughs> Another freaking bone. Ugh. So yeah, be careful if you're feeding your dog's bones. It is going to take a hefty chunk out of my wallet. So make sure you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone because I did not expect to have to pay yeah, another month of rent because my dog chipped a tooth. Yeah, that's brutal. Uh, all right, make sure you check out our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern, Alice Kessler and Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. They got a lot to talk about right now because Throne of Eldraine, yeah, that's as with any new set, is always going to shake things up a little bit and, you know, a bunch of bannings. Mm-hmm. That Modern's really going through a shakeup. So if you want to know all about it, you can find them on Twitter at the MMCast. You can find them on YouTube. Just type in Masters of Modern or all your podcast apps or right next to us at Collected.Company. And you can find our editors by watching this video and thinking about them editing it because they're Ashlyn Rose and Craig Blanchett. And please, in the comments, tell Craig to stop giving five cards <laughs> for fact of fiction. Tell, Craig! Just think about it for a second. Make a decision. Like, you know, be strategical, please. He's going to, like, do four spells in one land. He's like, all right, Josh, you said don't give all five. Uh, <laughs> I'll get around it this way. <laughs> you can find those guys on uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. Craig's actually the one that's helping us run our Instagram. So make sure you go and follow that if you use Instagram. And finally, special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations. We've had days flying behind us, which we didn't mention all podcast. 
It's not as good as the other cards we mentioned. It's still good, though. Yeah, it's still very good. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG, and you can watch our videos at youtube.com slash the Command Zone Podcast. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.